Dr. She is becoming with the Grace Church Women's Ministry. I am your co-host, Delaney, and I'm here in the studio with Bev. Bev, what's up? It's a great day, Delaney, and I'm so happy to be here, and I love our topic today and have thought about it almost my entire life, so it's going to be fun to speak about this. Yes, this topic I feel like people always are wondering about, including myself, so I'm super excited to get into it. But really quick, I'm just going to keep being a broken record here. Please subscribe to our podcast so that you can get um, notifications when a new one is available. Um, Podcast is on the Grace Church app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. And please follow us on Instagram. It's She Is Becoming with two Gs because we love to talk to y'all. Thanks, Delaney. Well, let's get started on this mystery topic here today. Um, Have you ever heard of the book by Gary Chapman, Five Love Languages? Uh, I think I have before. Yeah. Well, one of those five love languages is um, gifts. And gifts are a way to express love to some people. So some people, that is just their, quote, love language. That really makes them feel loved when you give them a little something or a big little something. Let me tell you something about God. He has shown us his love for us and for the church in giving spiritual gifts. The Bible tells us that every believer is given a spiritual gift. And I I think that makes all of us gifted people when you really think about it. it Gifted of the Lord. It makes me feel Mm -hmm. special, too, like that you would give me a gift. That's right. Uh, The New Testament books of Ephesians, Romans, and 1 Corinthians tells us about these gifts. And in there, especially in the Corinthians one, he compares these gifts to a body working together, that different body parts represent different gifts and how we need each other and we're all part of the same body. So it's going to be a fun topic for today. Uh, Delaney, why don't you start us out by just telling us some general truths about spiritual gifts, like what are they and so on? Yeah, so we, spiritual gifts, they're talked about a lot, but what are they? Um, Actually, I'd like to start with what they are not. Um, Spiritual gifts are not a natural talent, which I feel like is different, like contrary to popular belief. So they're a supernatural, divine enabling um, gift from God. Um, So I'll give you actually an example from like my life about how it's not a natural talent. Um, In my younger years, I didn't really care as much for others. Like I totally shunned that. I wanted to be the person that was like, I'm good, hard exterior, like doesn't show emotion. And I hated to like, you know, do Bible study or like walk alongside people. But when I really like became a Christian, I would say like for the genuine, like genuinely, um, God gave me the spiritual gift of shepherding, which is basically like walking alongside and caring for people. And that's totally my heart now. Like that's my favorite thing to do. That's my desire is to nurture, to walk alongside, uh, to walk to walk alongside women and to nurture my son. And so that was just totally like the Holy Spirit empowering me and giving me that gift of shepherding. So it's not a natural talent. It is definitely of the Lord in your life. Yeah, because before mm-hmm. I was definitely not like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. so there is yeah. a, def- a distinction there for right. sure. Right. The gift is also, the spiritual gifts are also not for unbelievers. So the natural, the natural man, the person who is not a believer does not have spiritual gifts. This sets us apart from unbelievers. Um, which I think is super important as well to understand. It's also not a fruit of the spirit. 
Um, these spiritual gifts are different than the fruits of the spirit. And it's also not a particular ministry, although believers do, we do use our gifts for ministry. Like, um, for instance, like a Sunday school teacher, that's not a, a spiritual gift, but your spiritual gift may equip you to be a greatly great Sunday school teacher. Right. So there's right. a good distinction with that. So a good definition of a spiritual gift that I actually was inspired by my dad, Troy Dops, um, is that a spiritual gift is a God-given ability and enabling to effectively serve the body of Christ. And I love that because it's a it's it's God-given. This is not me doing this. Like God had to give this to me. And it's not for your own benefit. I hear in that as well. It's not for your own benefit. It's Mm -hmm. the last part of that is to effectively serve the body of Christ. Like we go back to that body, like we all need each other. There's such a diversity in gifts too, which I love. Um, And these are gifts from God and they're given through the Holy Spirit so that we can minister like Christ ministered. Mm -hmm. So what are they? So um, they're given to they're given by God to every believer when we receive Christ. So at the moment of conversion, um, you receive your spiritual gift. Um, gifts are also a grace from God to us, and every believer has at least one of them, but nobody has all of them. Interesting, isn't it? We need each other, I guess. Yeah, that's why we need the body. Well, let's talk about what is the purpose of spiritual gifts. First of all, it's to edify the body. This means building each other up. For edification means for growth, spiritual growth. Another key word would be unify. The bod- In the body, we need each other, which brings us together. Unity is a high priority in the church. You read John 17, and, and Jesus, that's the, the crux of his high priestly prayer was for the unity. So the exercise of spiritual gifts and our dependence upon each other brings unifies us. Also, uh, the purpose of spiritual gifts is to bring glory to God. They are spirit-dependent, which is beyond us, and so it points to God. The only way that you can say you shepherd women now and have a heart for that is to bring glory to God. Say, that's not naturally me. Yeah, I can't boast in that. No, you can't. So it does bring glory to God. And then it's it, another purpose is to spread the gospel. The gospel reaches people in so many varied ways, and that's why we have these varied gifts on equipping the church to go out in various ways to spread the gospel. And then another purpose, of course, is love. It's at the forefront of spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 13, which follows the teaching on the spiritual gifts in Corinthians, tells us if we have all these great uh, gifts from the Lord, but if we're not loving as we minister to them, they are just a gong. They mean yeah, nothing. They're it's just worthless. Noise. It's worthless. Right. Totally, totally. So let's start to talk about like what some of these spiritual gifts okay. actually are. Uh, I wish we could go over over every single spiritual gift, but we can't. We don't have time for that. But um, we got this like classific like this classification of the different types of spiritual gifts from our pastor too. So we're just going to go over these because these will help you kind of organize and understand what they are. So the first section is sign gifts. So that would be apostle tongues, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, miracles, and healing. Then we have speaking gifts. So that would be evangelism, um, prophecy or a prophet, teaching, exhortation, shepherding, knowledge, and wisdom. And then we also have serve gifts. So it's serving, mercy, giving, administration, faith, discernment, leadership, helps, giving, marriage, and celibacy. And in this list, we, we can't include, I don't think we included every single spiritual gift, 
But then this way, you know, you can kind of get an understanding of what those are. So we're going to talk about a couple of these. Um, Bev, do you want to start with sign gifts? Yeah, I'll start with a couple of those. First, the word apostle. Um, This actually has had a little bit of controversy when people talk about exactly what this is. But apostleship is an office in the strictest sense. This is someone who has been with Jesus through his entire ministry, was a witness of his resurrection. But, now that's the very narrow and strictest sense of what an apostle is. Uh, But there possibly is a gift of apostleship as well, and most feel it has that wider meaning of being sent, like a missionary or a pioneer to an area who brings the gospel. So that could be that wider definition of the gift of apostleship. And then another one of the sign gifts that has many opinions in the church is tongues. First of all, tongues is not given to all, um, and it's really not a sign of salvation. This is where some people have corrupted this gift um, in in a very negative way and has, has done some damage. But like all the other gifts, tongues are meant to build up the church that's why we are given these gifts so using this gift we are to to know that it is to build up the church and there's a parameter around tongues and that is we are to have an interpreter yeah and so i love those i'm glad you brought those up because those are ones i feel like people have a lot of questions about so it's good to go over them um so getting into some of the speaking gifts prophecy so prophecy is another one of those where i think people also have a lot of questions about. Um, it can kind of easily be corrupted as well, I would think, I would say. But prophecy is the telling forth from the Bible with a specific word for a specific time. So you think back to like Old Testament prophets, God gave them a specific message for those people at that time. And a good distinction to really understand um, about Old Testament prophecy and prophets versus today's prophecy and prophets is that God was giving the very words of the Bible to to them, whereas now we have the completed Bible. So it's a little bit different. Um, but people with the gift of prophecy are truth tellers, and they often recognize when something is untrue. I think about the story in Acts 5 when Ananias and Sapphira tried to lie to Peter and the Holy Spirit, and Peter, who had the gift of prophecy, like knew immediately, and like they could not pull one over on him. And so people that have like have this Um, gift of prophecy they really just know when something's like off or untrue so more people who possess the gift of prophecy get truth directly from god's word in order to make decisions about the future oh the church needs that gift don't we yes we do another gift is teaching Uh, the gift of teaching is this supernatural ability to explain clearly and apply effectively the truth of the word of god Not only give the facts, but inspire and direct for life changes in the listeners. And truly, uh, growing up as a child, I didn't like school. I didn't like to read. And all of a sudden, God called me when I became a Christian at age 20 to into teaching his word. And I I couldn't have felt more unprepared for it, like I was the least likely person in the world to actually be some kind of teacher, and especially for God. Uh, That just didn't seem possible to me. But he was right. It was impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And he has taken this, um, even without the formal education, he has given me this gift, and it's been such a blessing to me. But it is really, it's not only just giving information. 
it's applying it, putting that information to work in other people's lives. And we actually both have the spiritual gift of um, teaching, but we definitely would not be here on this podcast like if we didn't, most likely, because this is our heart. So like starting the podcast and like being here, like this is what God's like, this is our desire now through the spiritual gift, like to teach women about God's word. It's almost like the prophet Jeremiah said, uh, he, he couldn't not speak. His, his bones would burn inside wow. of him. And I have felt like that uh, for decades now, that I just, I have to teach. I have to, uh, you know, teach the word of God. Yeah, I love that. That's amazing. Um, so another one of the speaking gifts is shepherding. We talked about it a little bit, but I just want you to think really quick. Think about what a shepherd does. They oversee, they guide, they direct, and they really take care of the sheep. They meet their needs. Um, so the gift of shepherding is the same. Shepherding is serving, serves God by overseeing, guiding, directing, and deeply caring for his people. Um, it all goes back to the edification of the body. It's for his people. And they don't just care. I mean, we don't just care about like the big things, but it's really the day-to-day things, the walking alongside, just like shepherds deeply care about their flock. The same goes for the people who have spiritual gift of shepherding. And I know like now that I am one of those people and like I deeply care about the people that God has put me like having influence over walking alongside with them. Such a great picture, isn't it? The shepherd with his flock. It really makes it easy to understand. And also, like, God is called a shepherd. Yes. And I love that right. picture as well, that, like, he is overseeing and taking care of us. So it just shows that, like, this is such a God. It's God-given. Like, these gifts are God-given. They are. They are. They're, they're really explaining who God is. Well, another speaking gift is exhortation. This gift is being instrumental in encouraging others. So while a shepherd might walk alongside you and listen and bring meals and, and you know, so many ways, exhortation is actually more verbal encouraging others. You reassure them, strengthen them, comfort them. It's coming alongside just like a shepherd. Um, often this is on one-on-one or in small groups. Uh, a biblical example, of course, is Barnabas. Mm -hmm. Barnabas was Paul's encourager and one who called him into ministry and who found him uh, up, uh, you know, and and helped equip him to go and was his partner in serving. So exhortation, just think of that as encouragement. Mm -hmm. Another one uh, people have questions about is knowledge and wisdom. They sound so similar, but they are different. They have different twists on them. Knowledge and wisdom differ, but they're really closely related. Knowledge is being able to search, categorize, and summarize the truths in the Word of God. Now, a teacher has that ability, too, that you have to be able to look at the passage, search it, categorize it, summarize it. But uh, knowledge is knowing God's truth. That's knowledge. Wisdom is the ability to apply that truth, to communicate truth or that knowledge then into our lives. So one is gathering that information, and wisdom is using that information easy way to kind of think of those two it's a good distinction and it just shows like if you don't have wisdom but you have knowledge like why it's also so important for to be in the body believers because someone else will have wisdom and like being able to work together unifying and like sharing the gospel and like edifying the church it's just like more reasons why we need each other just think of a small group when we're sharing our answers from our bible study they're they're both there's there's knowledge being shared the facts the truth 
And then there is the wisdom, how they're applying it to their life. Yeah, I love that. So spiritual gift of giving, um, spiritual gift of giving, like you may think of someone who always likes to give gifts, which could be true. Um, but it also is more than that. Um, it's a deep desire to like give time or energy or resources to something or to someone. Um, and you don't really need anything in return. Like, it's not like this, like I need back from you. It's like, I'm just going to keep giving, 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 giving. And that's, um, how, what the gift that God has given them. Yeah. And they usually do it with great joy. Joy. And, and don't think about it all that much where, we're all told to give, and all these gifts, we, we need to be involved in them in some way. But as a gift, we have it to a higher degree. And I, I know someone quite close to me who has this gift of giving, and it's just a beautiful thing. Uh, God just keeps blessing them more and more, um, and the giving just continues. Well, another one is helps. That's kind of a strange word. What's the gift of helps? Yeah. And also hospitality. So the two H's here. The gift of helps is a much, I've got that in bold prints right bold here, underlined. much needed gift in the body of Christ. This gift of helps seeks to assist in a supporting role. These are the people who say, whatever is needed. Um, in fact, I was involved in a ministry where a whole group of gals was called whatever gals. Uh, This is calling them to serve and to help others succeed in building up the body of Christ. I love these people. Yeah, I I love these people. I could never teach without others coming alongside of me with the gift of help. Oh, 100%. And then there's the gift of hospitality. Um, It's pretty explanatory, but it's broader than you might think. Um, It's the difference, really. There's a difference between hospitality and entertaining. Entertaining Um, is all about you and what you have and what you can do, where hospitality is really all about other people, being hospitable to other people, whether it's inviting them into your home, being warm and welcoming, uh, maybe just your your people who greeters at the church have this gift of hospitality and know how to reach out to others. Yeah, I think that's key because it's it's the entertaining versus like hospitality is really key because like you can be hospitable to somebody even if they're not at your home like you said the being warm to them and welcoming making them feel like it's home right 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 and so that that's a big distinction we need to make and so often as women we put a lot of pressures on ourselves that we just can't have people in our home because we have entertaining pressures when indeed it can just be you know a pot of chili and and Uh, throw something in the fireplace and make it cozy and that's what people want when you're in this stiff entertaining situation it's not as hospitable right think about that what makes your guests feel comfortable and how can you love them and serve them that's a better way in fact when we when our family first came to grace church some 30 plus years ago um Carolyn and Bernie O'Brien, and I'm using their name without permission because I just (laughs) love them and I know that they would be fine with this, invited all five of us over with another couple um, because we were new, and she prepared after church a turkey dinner. Wow. She wanted to get to know us, and I I can't tell you how that made me feel so welcome to this church. That's so kind, and it's such like a testimony like to other like people who are not believers like this is such a good way to like share the gospel with them like having them into your home and like being hospitable is like so key and they say that you really don't know a person until you've been in their home i, I feel like that's true isn't that true I 
feel like that's true. Um, so a couple more of the serving spiritual gifts, celibacy. So celibacy is abstaining from sex and marriage in order in service to God. And we actually see examples of this in the Bible, like when God commanded the prophet Jeremiah not to marry. And it, Paul also never married, which he calls a gift in 1 Corinthians 7, 7. So celibacy means like your attention is not divided and you can fully and totally devo- devote yourself to serving the Lord. Yeah, that's, that's one that's not on every list, but it is considered in Scripture a gift. Um, and Paul, actually, I've read somewhere, Delaney, that he may have been married because he was a Pharisee. Pharisees had to have been oh. married, and he may have had something happen in his marriage. It's, kind of, it's a mystery. We'll mystery. never know. Mystery. We'll never know. But he's definitely called it a in 1 Corinthians yeah. a gift. So celibacy is something indeed that God does call certain people to. Marriage is also called a gift, um, and I'm all for that. Uh, God uses marriage not only to bless the couple, but also as an instrument to build up the church. Mm-hmm. Your marriage can do a lot uh, for the cause of Christ. Yeah. He uses it. Um, like I could never have done my ministry um, of teaching without the support of my husband, and hopefully he couldn't have done what he did in his life as well in ministry and other things without my support. So it really does. You you support each other in your supporting and building up of the church. And also, marriage is a beautiful example of Christ in the church, yeah. Christ who died yeah. for the other and lives for the other. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful picture, and Scripture, of course, in Ephesians talks about that as well. So what would you say, Bev, to the sister who is wondering what their spiritual gift is? Well, it's, it's not always easy, but there are some things you can do to help you discern what might be your spiritual gift. So I'm going to give you a fast list here. You may want to go back and write them down later. First of all, have a willingness to serve. That's where it starts. You have to have a servant spirit about it, not just waiting to be called to your princess job. You know, right. I, I mean, uh, you have to just get in there and start serving. Meet the needs of the church. So often a call or a discernment of your gifts coming in the context of meeting a need. Three, try many things. Mm-hmm. You have to try things out, and and um, that is just uh, so helpful. Try different things out. Even what you think you would be the opposite of what would right. you might like. Like me, I didn't think I'd ever teach. Who knew? Uh, number four, what is easy for you and hard for others? Mm-hmm. I just talked to a gal a couple weeks ago who just took on a tech role. And she said, oh, this stuff is so easy. And I looked at her and I said, easy for yeah. you and hard for me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so what's easy for you and hard for others? Number five, what is it that God's people of the church are confirming in you? Mm. I had so many people confirming that in me, and I couldn't see it in myself. I couldn't believe in myself. But the church, that's what we're meant to do for each other, is when we see these gifts in others to confirm them. Number six, what repeated opportunities does God keep bringing to you? I think that's a thing that happened to me, the repeated opportunities. That, and, you know, that is really God speaking, isn't it, Delaney? It really is. Yeah. Number seven, what gives you joy, even though... It's not easy. Which is key. I'm so glad that you said that. Yeah. Because it doesn't make it easy, but there's such deep joy in it. Yeah. Hardest thing I ever done is teach. Yeah. Hardest thing. It's just not me. But that's, again, the the spiritual equipping. So, and then number eight, where are you bearing fruit? Fruit is an indication that you're in that kind of sweet spot with the Lord. Right. And then number nine, what takes faith? 
God's not going to call you to something or to uh, you're not going to discover your spiritual gifts. You're not really using them if it doesn't take faith. Mm -hmm. So that is a challenge for us. Sometimes we want it just to be like a a joy ride and nothing to it. But it's going to take faith for you to exercise your gifts. It's not a... um, something that is without cost. It takes faith. And then you could go something, do something really practical, number 10, and that is to take a spiritual gift test. And there is one that's pretty good on the internet. It's by churchgrowth.org. One word, churchgrowth.org. Takes about 10 minutes. You can go on there and answer some questions. Don't think about the questions. Just, yes, just first thing on them. the top of your mind. Yep. And um, I actually retook this a few years ago, and it was the same from 30 years ago. Yeah. So fascinating uh, kind of how we don't really change. That is cool. I And I re- actually just recently retook mine like in order to get prepped, and this was definitely the best test that I took, and mine were the same. How about that? I know. Isn't that interesting? Just very God. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's a good explanation. Just very God. Yeah. Yeah. No no good explanation. Okay. Anyways, so our challenge for you sisters after learning about these spiritual gifts and um, getting some good questions about how you know what your spiritual gift would be is, are you willing to serve? I love that question because sometimes we get so caught up in, oh, well, that's my spiritual gift, so I'm not going to do it. But no, are you willing to serve? That's where it starts. That is where it starts. Mm -hmm. And because spiritual gifts are about serving the body and serving Christ. So are you willing to serve? And then also remembering, like, you are a gifted individual, like Bev said, and the gifts given to you are a gift to the church as well. So will you be generous and serve others with the gifts that God's given you? Don't just hold them for yourself. So every gift that God gives, the Spirit has a planned place of service. Say that again, Delaney. That's an important point. Every gift God gives, the Spirit has a planned place of service. I love that. So Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I love that. So he's, he's planned this yeah. ahead of time. Yeah. Beautiful. So beautiful. And if you know your spiritual gifts, are you developing them? Um, a couple ways is like reading a book about them, getting a mentor, or studying 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. And also in um, 2 Timothy 1, 6, it says, For this remind you to fan into the flame the gift of God, which is in you. And 1 Timothy 4, 14 says, Do not neglect your gift, which was given to you. So developing the gift, using the gifts that God's given you. So important, that development piece. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like that's something, too, that, like, I've grown so much in, especially, like, learning about this. It's, like, totally spurred me, like, I need to grow my gifts and get them developed more. Absolutely. So when what in whatever way you can, develop them, learn from them, try to be the best use of them. Yeah, and I think the best way to, like, do all that is just, like, using them. Yeah, using yeah. Them. Pray and yeah. take the take the uh, opportunities God brings your way. Amen. Will you pray for us, Beth? I would certainly would love to pray. Listeners, pray with me. Heavenly Father, as we think about this topic of spiritual gifts, I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit will make it very clear to each and every individual the spiritual gifts that you've put into them. 
I pray, Father, that they would be used for your glory, that they would be used for the unity and the building up of the body of Christ and the church. I pray, Father, that we wouldn't be little princesses, but that we would be eager to get in there, willing to serve, willing to even do something that may be out of our giftedness, but then we come to realize, indeed, it is part of our giftedness or that God is using our gift in a unique way. So, Father, use this time, use these words to really bring clarification, motivation, and inspiration to serve you even more. And it's in Christ's name we've prayed. Amen. Amen. Well, it was so great to be with you, sisters. Join us in two Mondays on She Is Becoming.